Good morning, church. How are you? That's so good. Hey, that, that's, um, that, that should make it into a drink. How you going? I know you've already said hello to someone beside you, but just give them a high five. Make them feel doubly welcome. Welcome to church. It's good to be, it's good to be with the family of God. Amen. As we take our seats, I just want to also remind you that uh, we, 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 have a, we have a campus in Uruguay and uh, they're, they're part of our church. So, buenos días, los que están en Punto del Este. Les saludamos en el nombre del Señor y que tengan un buen día sirviéndole al Señor. Amen. Well, God bless you. Bless you. Sorry, that wasn't, that was not perfect. We, we really do love our brothers and sisters in, in Uruguay, uh, especially Serge and Siobhan, uh, who are doing a great work over there and reaching out and seeing new people coming into the church. And, and in a few months' time, there'll be a, a natural addition because, as you probably know, they're about to have number three uh, in Uruguay. So uh, here we go. Well, it's good to be in church. It's good to be church. I think that's a better way of putting it. It's good to be church. Uh, we've been talking about the courageous life. And, you know, sometimes we don't feel particularly courageous, uh, but we need to get a hold of what God is saying to us through his word about living the courageous life as Christians. Um, we've been, uh, Anita bought the, one of the Bethel albums with, you know, that song we sing, You Make Me Brave. And at times, uh, this, these last couple of weeks listening to it, uh, I've been thinking, you know, what? These are, these are great lyrics. I like these words. I like these lyrics. You make me brave. Go, Amanda. Go, Bethel. You know, you guys over there. Well, Amanda's the, she, she's the author, I think. Uh, uh, um, Amanda Cook. Uh, but, but and, and listening to those words, it's encouraging and it's, it's, it, it's, it's uplifting. But there's also a sense in which there's a context there's a context in which we experience challenges uh, and disappointments and struggles, personal struggles, and, and finding the link between being able to sing You Make Me Brave and actually living courageously uh, is one of the great challenges that we face uh, in, in, in the high, to- high to- times and in the low times. Uh, you know, can we really be courageous? Are we just putting it on? Are we faking it till we make it? Or are we really experiencing something supernatural that God gives us as his children? Yeah. So, Lord, as we look to you this morning, we ask that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Help us to be courageous because it's not us, it's you in us. Help us to see Jesus. Help us to draw close to Jesus and follow him uh, so that our courage will come out of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, bringing about the kind of change that only he can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, let's look at our text for this morning. It's found in John chapter 21. Uh, if you, um, it's on, it, it'll be coming up on the screen in a minute. Uh, about this time of day, after breakfast, happy I had a nice breakfast. I, I have the same thing every day. I won't divulge the, what, they, what that is. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? talking about the other disciples because they're all having breakfast together, barbecue, fish. Yes, Peter. Uh, yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Okay. Uh, yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. 
Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. Get this, you young people. There's a message in this. You were able to do what you liked. Uh, you, could, you dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death, crucifixion, uh, Peter would glorify God. Then Peter, then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And Peter asked, uh, what about him, Lord? What about him? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. Now, here's the context. You know, we, we, need the, we always have to think about the context when we're reading the Bible. The Apostle John at some stage has, has uh, uh, recounted the gospel. Uh, gospel, is in, it's an old Anglo-Saxon word, Godspell, which means good news. And, and, he's, and he, he takes a series of miracles uh, to bring about a, a targeted account of the life and ministry of Jesus. Uh, and through these, he says, Jesus did this and it was miraculous. He did that and it was a sign. He did something else, it was, uh, it was a sign. And he said, the whole purpose of it is that you'll believe in him and that through believing in him, you'll have life. Now, in a sense, that's probably a good place to finish the gospel. Chapter 20, what an amazing passage. But it almost seems like uh, before he puts the pen down, there's one remaining story to be told. In the midst of all the miraculous signs uh, and the good news and the stories uh, about the life of Jesus, there were still some, many of Jesus' disciples who continued to struggle uh, about how these amazing revelations and, 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 and that they that received revelations from God. Peter had an, an amazing revelation from God. Uh, how, 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 they, how they could reconcile this with the cross that they just experienced, that they'd just seen. The most brutal, the most humiliating form of punishment that was visited on slaves at that time. And they just witnessed the, 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 the terror of Jesus bleeding and dying for the sins of the world. And, and, and I guess and they're looking, Peter's looking at his life. He says, Jesus, we've left all. We've followed you for three years. We've seen these miracles. We've seen these signs. We've heard your preaching. We've heard your teaching as you've come to us and explained to us uh, how the kingdom of God works. We've seen uh, you confronting your, your physical and your spiritual enemies with the power of God. And the climax of your great ministry was the horror of crucifixion. And when that happened, just about everyone ran away. All Jesus' friends who said, Jesus, we're with you. You know, count on us. You know, we'll hang in there with you. Uh, when the going got, 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 got tough, they all ran away, uh, except for a couple like Peter. Peter, he, he's confronted by people who said, who said, you're one of Jesus' followers. And he got angry. He got furious. He was cursing. He said, I don't even know him. Okay, fast forward. Button, fast forward. Three days later, he sees Jesus risen from the dead on one other occasion. 
uh, uh, this, this the miraculous reappearance of the living Christ. Now, that, that should be enough to set you on the right path for the rest of your life. Yeah, don't you reckon? And yet there's a sense when I read this passage, this chapter and the, the verses that preceded it, that as the days went on, Peter and his friends continued to struggle. They continued to grapple with a lot of unanswered questions. And, and there came a point that he snapped. If you read it in its context, he said, I've had enough. I'm going home. Leaving Jerusalem, going back to the Sea of Galilee, uh, going home. I'm going back fishing because that's what I'm good at. That's what I know. I'm going to forget this Jesus thing. Whatever happened, I don't understand, but I'm, I'm going fishing. And six of his friends said, we're going to go with you. You know, we, we, we're all giving up. Let's go back to the old life, back to the old village. Um, and, and, and yet there's also a sense in which as Peter's sitting in a boat with his net over the side of the boat um, and, and reflecting, thinking about what's going on, there was time to reflect. Now, I, I remember years ago sitting in a restaurant on the southern end of the, the Sea of Galilee eating Peter fish. You know, talk about tourists, uh, a tourist gimmicks, Peter fish. They give you a piece of fish and, and have it with hummus and it's called Peter fish. But when you, when, you, when you walk along the side of the lake there, it's very quiet. It's tranquil. You're isolated. And there's a sense in which everything that's happening way down the capital in Jerusalem is a million miles away. You've got time to think because you're away from the disappointments and the traumas of life. Have you ever felt like that? It's all too much. The realities... I want to be brave. I want to be courageous. I want to sing you make me brave, but I don't feel brave. I'm going to take my bat and go home. Now, I think that many Christians, most Christians, all Christians, from time to time experience fainting fits. Who's ever had that? Spiritual fainting fits. And, and, and that, that's, that's a critical time. It's a time of growth or a time of discouragement because uh, I, 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 you know, I've, I've got friends who used to serve the Lord faithfully who drifted from God and drifted away from the call of God and left church because it all got too hard. Jesus had said to Peter and his disciples, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honour the one who serves me. But, but what happened? That can be hard. It can be hard living to serve Jesus. It can be hard. You know, how do you respond when things get tough? Can you be brave when things get tough? Do you want to quit when things get tough? And, and, and as Peter's sitting in the boat, he's, he's been there for hours and, and, and there's nothing. He tugs on the net and there's nothing. But he's sitting reflecting and as he's reflecting, uh, you know, how bravely he's, he's run away, um, he, and denied Jesus, and you know when 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 things were when he got threatened, and when the group fell apart, he saw a figure on the shore, preparing a barbecue. And as he's waiting for the fish to come into his net, nothing's happening. This guy sitting on the shore, who's not a fisherman, what would he know? Says, "Well, put your net out on the water in the water on the other side." And we know the story that there was a miraculous catch of fish. Peter realizes that the guy doing the barbecue is Jesus jumps in the water, and they have breakfast together. And that's, 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 a, that's a great place to start. <laughs> um, and, and, and then we come into the passage that we read. 
Jesus says, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. There's, there's no one else there. No pita fish, no restaurants, no hummus. That let's go for a walk, just you and me, and we'll have a chat. And, and what we have in this is this amazing story, the reconciliation uh, of Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, and Jesus challenges him. Uh, and, and, and as, he, as, he's, as he's walking and as he's saying, Jesus, you know I love you, and, and he thinks it's just Jesus and him. You know, we like just Jesus and me. You know. we'll, we'll get it all together. He turns around and sees John following them. Are you eavesdropping? Are you listening to this conversation? And so instead of saying, Jesus, I get it. I'm going to follow you and, and, and I'll, I surrender to your will. His reaction is, well, what about him? What about him? You know, don't, don't look at me. What about him? What, what's, what's he going to do? And Jesus says in the politest possible way, mind your business. <laughs> it's not your business. You must follow me regardless of what happens to the others. Wow. And that's a big challenge. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you three basic things, three basic things, three simple truths about how we get courageous. Uh, and, and how we can live the courageous life in the light of all the, the life throws up. And, and you can say to me, and we can all say, well, we've heard it all before. We don't need it. Don't remind us. You know, it's all it's Christian life 101. Or, or you can let the word of God impact your life and change you. Because I know that I need constant reminding. I've been a Christian. You know, I want to give a shout out to those who are looking up to the kids this morning. I was, I was a kid in Sunday school. Uh, and it was there I heard about Jesus. You know, don't underestimate what goes on out there, right? They're planting seed that will last in decades to come. These young kids are going to be men and women of God, serving the Lord because of those who are, who are ministering to them week after week after week, patiently and loving them as, 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 um, as, their, as their teachers, not, not just their carers, but those who are modelling the Christian life. So what are these three things, these, these three deep truths? Well, the first thing that stands out to me when I read this passage is uh, that the message for Peter was to only look at Jesus. Be, be, learn to be courageous by only looking at Jesus. Many, many of us uh, can fall into the habit of living by the opinions and seeking the approval of others. And we turn around and we see people around us. We see Christians around us or churches around us or, or those around us in life. And we say, well, God, what about him? What about her? You know, don't, don't lay it on me. What about them? What's going to happen to them? And Jesus says, theologically speaking, mind your business. <laughs> you look at me. Don't be swayed by their judgments or by their reactions or by their, even, even by their hypocrisy. Don't focus on that. If you focus on that, it'll drag you down. It can be counterproductive. You can't afford to live there. Because the closer you get to people around you, the more you'll see their faults. Now, I, I brought along from my, from my desk this morning a little micro, microscope that I used to use in teaching uh, officials around the Middle East how to recognize fraudulent documents. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, not a microscope. It's a, what do you call it? Micro, magnifying glass. Now, 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 you know, I, I can come to you and you've got the most beautiful face and the most wonderful complexion, the best mascara. You smell of the, 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 the loveliest 
uh, aftershave. But the moment I look at you closely, I'm going to be shattered because I'll see cracks. <laughs> I'll see pimples. I'll see, I'll see other unmentionables. <laughs> the, the closer I get to you, the more I realise that, that, that your, your beautiful face is full of fissures and, 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 and imperfections. Don't, don't, don't build your life on how closely you can look at others because if you look at them, you'll be very discouraged. Now, I'm not saying you can't get close. Get close by all means. But, but don't expect them to be God. Um, and if you, can, if you do that, you're going to stumble. If you, if you do that, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, because we know that, that Christ is the only one who is perfect in every way. The risen, resurrected, glorified Son of God. He's the only one who's perfect in every way. And he says, I want you to look at me. He can show you how to live. You can look at him without stumbling, without falling over. He's been where you've been. He's been a child. He's been a teenager. He's been a young man. He's been tested and tempted in every way that, that you and I face. There's nothing that we face that he didn't. And he says, I want you to keep your eyes on me. Peter, I want you to keep your eyes on me. Don't go around looking at others for your example. Now, now we need examples. We, we do need examples, but our, our, our primary focus should be looking on Christ. He'll show, us how, he'll show you how to, to deal with the, with the big issues of life. He'll show you how to deal with temptations and pressures and stresses and disappointments and problems. If you look to the world around you, they will show you how to live with exquisite self-pity or how to perfectly play the blame game or how to live a life of defensiveness. Uh, but it won't help. You know, uh, one of the songs before talked about the God of Moses. Hebrews 11 says that, that, that Moses, Moses was, became the man he did and became the leader that he did, uh, the saviour of ancient Israel, because he looked at him who is invisible. He was looking to him who is invisible. And if you want to succeed as a Christian, if you want to become strong and live courageously as a Christian, don't live by the expectations and the aspirations and the approval of other people as you look at them, look beyond them and say, Jesus, I want to look at you. The second thing that stands out to me when I read this passage, the last part of our reading, is that we need to listen to Jesus first of all, first and foremost. You know, we're surrounded by a cacophony of voices and opinions. Everyone's an expert. Everyone feels that they're entitled to judge. Everyone feels that, they, that they're in, in, in a right position to tell you what to do and how to live and, and, and what moral values you should, you should have. And, you know, you just could look at the press. When I go out walking in the morning, you know, I, 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 I love walking in the morning because I calculated last night, about seven years ago, I did the equivalent of walking around the world. The circumference of the world. That's amazing. You know, keep walking. Don't give up. But, but every morning I'm bombarded by these voices that are tr trying to change my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I listen to that, that radio station. <laughs> um, and and, and it's, it's, easy, it's easy to be influenced by their words. Yeah. Um, but those words can also make you fearful or optimistic or angry. But you can't run away. You can't run away from the voices. 
When we lived in the Middle East, there, were, there, was, a, there was a tradition in Syria, uh, way before it became a nation state, of people who would go and sit up on poles. And, 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 and some people would climb up on poles away from the crowds and they'd sit there for years. Don't ask me how they did things. Okay, that, that's getting too... But literally, they would sit there for years. And people would come to look at them, to, to reach up as though they were closer to God. But they were saying, no, no, you know, we, we, we're keeping our distance from the crowds. You know, we, we are holy men. Sorry, it was always guys in those days. Uh, but they weren't. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and they were pole sitters. And even in the last century, there was a bit of revival of pole sitting. But I think you'd have to have a really comfortable chair to sit on. Um, and, 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 and people would come to listen to their words, the words of wisdom from those who were closer to God. Well, there's only one voice you can trust. So that you won't be dragged down by negativity and fear and pessimism because those voices are around us, but we don't have to be listening to those voices. In Proverbs, repeatedly, repeatedly, he reminds us not to listen to gossipers. Jesus in Luke chapter 8 verse 18 says, Take heed how, how you listen. Pay attention to how you listen. You can stand firm in your faith and bear witness in a skeptical word if you're listening to him. You got me? Did you hear me? If you're listening to him and and, and if what he says is important, you can put everything else in his context. And we need that as Christians. Psalm 56 says this, when I'm afraid, we're talking about being courageous. When I am afraid, uh, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh or any circumstance in life do to me? And so instead of listening to those rumours and those opinions, we must learn to listen to his voice. When was the last time God spoke to you? Or better still, when was the last time you heard God speaking to you? You know, I'm a great fan of the one-year Bible. As I always say, if you haven't got a Bible plan, Get a one-year Bible. Today's the 21st of May. There's no guess. You know, anyone, anyone can look up the 21st of May in their one-year Bible and read today's reading. Do it. Do it every day and God will speak to you in ways you haven't expected. So this week, just this week, you know, I was reminded from John 10, where Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And we need practice in hearing the voice of God. David said, There are some people who speak of peace and others who speak of war. There's a whirlwind of opinion and rumours competing for our attention. So how can you be courageous? By spending time with him and listening to his voice. Hear his voice. In Psalm 27 verse 8, David says, I will hear what the Lord is saying. I'm going to make a a decision, a deliberate decision, you know, it's an, it, it, yeah, it's a decision. What's a decision? It's something you decide on. <laughs> I'm going to make a decision. I want to hear what God is saying. Because only by listening to him can you learn how to be courageous. And the third obvious thing that Peter had to be reminded by Jesus was that the only way to be courageous, even in the face of Jesus' prediction that he was going to be crucified just as Jesus was, the only way to face that was to continue to follow him. I love my church and my roots are in my church. Uh, But over the years, you know, I've I've met and I keep on meeting people who are looking for the perfect church and the perfect leader to follow because they think they're perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but I like hanging out with you guys. You're my church. 
you, you know, we are the people of God together. And, and there's something interesting about Jesus' reaction, the way he encountered his first disciples. They say, Jesus, Jesus, you know, what's life like? And how, you know, how can we learn from you? And Jesus said, well, come home with me. Spend time with me. Follow me. I love hanging out with other Christians. Warts and all. I'm not going to say who's got the warts, but I like hanging out with my fellow Christians, warts and all, um, because fellowship is important. What's fellowship? My dad used to say fellowship is fellows in the one ship. And I think that's a wonderful way of describing it. The Greeks used the word koinonia, uh, you know, that, that sense of being together, and we need that mutual encouragement. Um, but what happens when you're faced with a crisis like a cross and, and, and you're separated from your friends and they want to kill you? We don't face that, but, but you know, there, there are countries today where people are still crucified because they're Christians. Believe it or not. Jesus said there's going, you're going to come to a place where they take you, they're going to take you away and, 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 and you'll die. And Peter said, well... Uh, maybe this is a good time to start talking about me, mate. <laughs> Let's change the subject. You know, Jesus, what about this person? Jesus said, no, you've got to follow me. The most important thing in our Christian life and the most important thing in living as Christians in today's age is the fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son and with the Spirit. 1 John chapter 1 says, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Because, you know, all, all Christians face the same kind of challenges that Peter and the disciples faced. Many Christians suffer for being Christians. Many Christians find themselves alone, even like Jesus, who was alone in the garden when all his mates uh, ran away from him. Um, but the only, the only way to learn the courageous life as a Christian is to follow him closely. And by that I mean following Jesus closely, whether you're on a sunny mountain ridge where the light is always bright and sunny, or you live in Canberra in the depths of a cold, dark valley where the sun never shines. Wherever you are, to know that he's there. And you can follow him. We need to follow him. By all means, we need strong bonds with our fellow Christians uh, you know, to, to, who will encourage us. And we need to be encouraging one another by all means. But we need to do so because we're following Jesus. Can I just put in a plug here? If you're part of this church, you consider this church your home and you're not involved in a connect group, come and see us afterwards or see one of the, the, the leadership group or talk to the information desk. Get involved in a home group. You know, one night a week or one night a fortnight, you know, you can, have, you can just hang out together and grow together and develop friendships, relationships. Uh, uh, I think that that one-on-one that -on -one or that being part of a connect group is an amazing way to grow as a Christian. And to know that not only is it home because you sit in the same seat every Sunday, but because we are the body of Christ growing together. But at the end of the day, the one we need to follow is Jesus Christ because he is our saviour and he is our Lord. Friends die. Family members die. Great Christians die. Uh, I, was, I was just a little upset yesterday to hear that Timothy Keller has just passed away. You know, someone who's whose books and sermons, hundreds and hundreds of th and thousands of sermons are out there on the internet, different denomination, but a man who loved God and, and, and said, I want you to grow, grow in your Christian life. But, but people will let us down. 
But you can always, if you're following Jesus, you can always count on his presence. People will let you down. People will leave you. People will move away. But you can always count on him. And that's why he sends the Holy Spirit. He says, if you're following me, I'm going to put my spirit in your life to give you the power and the capacity to live a dynamic Christian life. And you can only do that by following him. Only Christ in you gives you the power to live courageously. We've heard a lot about courageous, the courageous life. We've heard about Joshua and, and, and Paul with his thorn in the flesh and others. But when things get tough, there's part of our brain that wants to take us away and take us back to what we, we think we know and we try to find refuge in that. And when fears come or disappointments come or people let us down, as they will, when situations are unfair and, 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 and we're misunderstood, as we will be, only Christ can give us real courage. Only Christ can give you real courage. By looking to him, by listening to him, because he's still speaking, by following him, because he's still involved in your life. And he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. I was encouraged by this passage read in Psalms here, the Psalm 27. It says, he will, conceal, he will conceive me when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high. Oh, talk about being courageous. I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and, 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 and wait for the Lord. Be courageous. Look to Him, listen to Him, follow Him. If, 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 if you're not doing that, then I want to, there's, there's a challenge in that. Stop looking at others for approval. Stop relying on others for support and strength. Jesus said, focus on me. Focus on me. There's a challenge in that. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't look behind you and see Fred or Frida or Joanne or John or whoever they are and say, well, Lord, what, what about them? You know, you know, take the spotlight off. You know, what, what's going to happen in their lives? Jesus says, no, mind your business. Um, don't compete with others. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't live by the yardsticks that others want to place in your life, but live in relationship with Jesus Christ. By the presence of his Holy Spirit who lives in us, he says, you can make a fresh commitment every day. I want you to make that commitment today because there's a challenge in that. Make a commitment today, right now. Jesus, I want to look to you first and foremost. I want to listen to you first and foremost. I want to follow you first and foremost. Psalm 27 continues, Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and, and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. There's a challenge in that. With Christ at the centre, that demands a response from each, one, each and every one of us. And I'm asking you this morning to, to make 
a, a, a decision to, 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 to respond to that challenge from the Word of God, to respond to Jesus who says, follow me. You'll be strong if you follow me. By all means, encourage one another. We need that. I need that. We, we need good words. We need prayer from one another. But follow me. It's the only way we'll become strong. And it's the only way we'll become courageous. Do you believe that? Let's close our eyes in prayer. Every head bowed. I don't know everyone here. I know most of you, but I don't know everyone. But maybe you've been listening to me and say, well, Alan, that, that's, that, this is fantastic. But I've never, I've never, not really thought about it personally like this. But if Jesus says that he wants me to follow him, if you've never made that decision, if you've never take, taken that step, he wants you to come to him today. He wants you to follow him today. And he can and he will. He'll come into your life. If you're listening to me now and you say, and I want you to pray with me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to make Jesus Lord and Savior and Master of my life. I want to become a Christian for, what, for whatever that means. <laughs> uh, I want to live courageously, but I want Jesus to live in my life. If, if that's you, can I just put your hand up, put it down, let me see it quickly, and then someone will pray with you afterwards, after the meeting. Is there anyone? Let's stand together. I think it's important that we always give that opportunity. It's not something we do just because it's part of what we do as a church. There should always be an opportunity for people to respond. And, and if, you, if you felt that you needed to respond to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and, and you didn't do it, come and see one of us afterwards. We'll, we'll show you from the Word of God how you can know Him. And, and your life will be changed. I promise you that. Lord, as we stand together this morning, you can look into our hearts. Holy Spirit, shine your light in our hearts and help us to see uh, where we are. Help us not to live comparing ourselves with others. Not to look behind us and try and point the finger at others. But to hear your voice, Spirit of the living God. To see you, Jesus, at work in our lives. To follow you with every decision that we make and all the priorities of our lives. We surrender to you. We give ourselves to you. And as we stand here this morning, and Lord, you, you, you've, you've said, come to me. Then Lord, out of our hearts, we want to say, yes, Lord, we're coming. I pray that today, What we've heard won't just be what the preacher said, but what the Holy Spirit is saying to our hearts. Lord, do a transformative work in our lives. Lord, if we're, if we're feeling weak, if we're feeling anything but courageous, I pray that right now, right now in the, in the quiet of this meeting, Lord, that you would come and that you would just lay your hand upon our, our hearts and our lives. And in our weakness, in our limitations, we come to you. And we say, Lord, our, our lives and our future are in your hands. Bless the people of God here today. Help us, Lord, to be shining lights as we go into our world to take the light of Jesus and the life and the presence of God into our homes and our day-to-day -day lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.